Romans chapter 16, we are in our series on Bible characters and kind of a sub-series within that series. We looked at 3 John and we talked about Gaius and Demetrius and Diotrephes. And then in another one of Paul's letters, as he often does at the end of his epistle, he will greet or make mention of many of his ministry companions, ministry helpers, co-laborers. Romans 16, there are a lot, and uh, we don't know much about several of these, but we will work our way through as many of these names as we can. Last week, we just briefly looked at Phoebe, and this is verse 1, Romans 16, verses uh, 1 and 2, really. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Centria, that ye receive her in the Lord as become a saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succorer of many and of myself also. Phoebe was a servant in the church at Centria, and Centria was the eastern port of Corinth. So Corinth would have been the central city on the isthmus there. I don't know how to pronounce that word correctly. But to the west was a port toward uh, Europe, and to the east was a port uh, toward Asia. And so a lot of trade would go through uh, that part of the, of the world. And Centria was a port city, very closely connected with Corinth. And that is apparently where the church of Centria, uh, Gaius, was... The, the one who hosted the church at his house. We'll look at Gaius later on. Not the Gaius that was in Third John, but a different Gaius, and even different from the Gaius that uh, was uh, third Gaius that was involved in uh, Paul's ministry in the book of Acts. Uh, apparently there are three uh, different ones, but Gaius apparently was the host, down in verse 23, of this church, uh, that was at Centria and uh, very closely connected uh, to the church at Corinth. We see here that she was to be received in a manner worthy of the saints. This again speaks to Christian hospitality. This speaks to the way in which we should receive one another. Uh, one of the blessings that uh, I often hear is how friendly our church is at welcoming guests and visitors and how we really take uh, the time and the effort to go out of our way to make people feel welcome and to shake their hand. And I've heard several, through the last couple of years, two and a half years, I've heard several very good uh, reports from guests, from visitors about our church family. And that is a blessing. That is a wonderful thing. And in a sense, that's the way Phoebe was to be received. And she had been a servant. She had been a helper. The word sucker uh, has to do with help, of compassion, of meeting the, the needs of others. And she was known for that. Uh, Phoebe, as many women in the early church, would have probably been involved in helping the younger women in the church. What a vital role. Older women have in the church, especially in the world that we live today, 
where younger generations of girls, they don't even know how to be young ladies. It's disappointing, isn't it, when the girls cuss like the boys and act very rudely and crudely. There used to be a day when uh, the girls would have a, a more, and I'm not saying this in any kind of chauvinistic or misogynist kind of way, but there, there used to be more of a meek and quiet spirit. I'm thankful for many young ladies who are still taught to have a meek and quiet spirit. But there are many today who, they're rude and crude, just like the dudes, all right? And uh, they're, they're just very uncouth. Uh, one of the things that, as I was a school principal and trying to uh, help our young ladies, our female teachers obviously had a major role with that, and our youth pastor's wife, and uh, we, 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 we struggled sometimes with young ladies coming into school and they hadn't been taught. They, they didn't even know how to carry on a proper conversation with a young man. Now, don't get me wrong, there were young men who had their issues as well. But one of the roles of an older woman in the church is to come alongside and help our young ladies. And some come from broken homes, some come from homes where dad is AWOL, and dad has a very important role with his daughter, doesn't he? A girl who doesn't have a good relationship with her father, whose father is not the kind of father he should be in the home, that kind of a, a, a girl often has issues with men later, with security, feeling very insecure. Um, there's, there's a host of factors. But Phoebe had a tremendous role in the early church there at Centria. And she was known for her service, for her giving, for her compassion, for her love for others. And I just can't help but think that Phoebe had ladies, young ladies under her whom she was mentoring, who she was helping, discipling, and helping them to know what it was like to be a lady who loved the Lord and was uh, in, in her proper uh, place and role and in the meek and quiet spirit, not the submissive kind of spirit that's just a doormat, um, not that kind of idea where a woman bows down and worships her husband. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, there are some out there who even have books published about how basically the, the woman is to be so submissive that uh, the husband is treated like some sort of king or dictator. And uh, that's not appropriate either. That's an extreme. But just, I, I can't help but think that Phoebe had a tremendous role in the church of helping the young ladies and being good, a good mentor to them and uh, teaching them what it was like to be a virtuous woman and to have that meek and quiet spirit uh, that is uh, a blessing and earns favor from the Lord. We're going to skip over Priscilla and Aquila. They were the ones who likely hosted the Corinthian church. We talked about them in another passage, so we're going to skip down to verse number 5, and we're going to look at Epinatus. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but Epinatus or Penitus or however you pronounce his name there in verse 5, likewise greet the church that is in their house, salute my well-beloved Epinatus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. 
So first fruits. We talked a little bit about this on Sunday with the fact that believers in James 1, they are referenced in, I believe it was verse 19, verse 20, the first fruits unto the Lord or first fruits of the Lord. Well, here we see Epinatus as the first fruits of Achaia or Achaia to Christ. So in the case of Epinatus, he was the first or among the first who got saved in Achaia. Now, this is probably a reference to Asia. Paul wanted to go to Asia in his second missionary journey, but was hindered by God. The Holy Spirit did not open that door. But he was able to get into Asia in his third missionary journey, and apparently Epinatus was one of the first to come to Christ from his ministry there in Asia, which would be considered modern Turkey today. And there's a whole host of political, geopolitical issues related to Turkey today. And they're one of those quasi, isn't Turkey a member of NATO? But they're not our best friends. They're not our BFFs over there in the Middle East, are they? They, they have their own issues. And they have some totalitarian and Islamic kind of uh, leadership that is, is contrary to what we would prefer, but Turkey would have been considered Asia, uh, or at least uh, Eastern Turkey would have been considered Asia in Bible times. So Epinatus would have been among the first to be reached by Paul in his third missionary journey with the gospel who got saved, and he was among those first fruits. So we think, we think of him as one of the first to get saved, but also let's talk about first fruits again. I talked about this a little bit on Sunday. First fruits represents the best as well as the earliest crops. And the Jews were in the Mosaic Law to give of their best and their first, their earliest crops, and the best to the Lord as a tithe. And that's representative of, in James 1, of us as believers in our lives as the first fruits presented by Christ to the Father. And we talked about how that speaks to our call, to our salvation, to our family name, to who we are in Christ, and that we're to live up to that, that we are to walk worthy of the calling. And Epinatus uh, was one of those first in Asia to get saved. We don't know uh, from there where. Uh, Epinatus went, or how his life then affected others, but nevertheless, Paul mentions him and was very grateful for God saving him. And then in verse number six, this is going to be one of four women besides Phoebe. Phoebe would be a fifth, but there's at least three other women that are mentioned further down Trephena, Trephosa, and Persis. Now, I don't know any Trephenas, I don't know any Trephosas, and I don't know any Persis. Now, I know Perses, P-U-R-S, <laughs> but um, these are probably three other women down in verse 12. So look at verse number 6 and then compare that to verse 12. Verse 6, greet Mary who bestowed much labor on us. Down in verse 12, salute Tryphena, Tryphosa, 
who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. These were hard-working women. And I have known some women who could run circles around young men, men who were not able to keep up with the work ethic of the women. And I say shame on some men today who don't have a strong work ethic. But here's Mary and these other three women who labored. We see it there in verse 12. Beloved Persis, which labored much. We see who labor in verse 6, bestowed much labor. Literally working to the point of exhaustion. That's what that word labor speaks of. Working to the point of exhaustion. These women served and they gave and they labored in such a way that they were weary from their service. And Paul mentions them. Here we see again the role of women in the church. This is a major controversy today. I'm not here to get into all of the ramifications of that, but it's clear in Scripture that the office of the pastorate, the office of the evangelist, the office of the prophet, the apostle, and we know those, a couple of those were temporary gifts. Uh, we know that the pastor teacher fulfills the office of, or the uh, gift of prophecy today in preaching the word that has already been revealed. We spend a lot of time on that in spiritual gifts. But it's not the place for the woman. A woman is not to be in the office of the pastorate. And the deacon as well, office of deacon. Those are clear in scripture. But do we not see women very vital in the service and the activity of the church? Already Paul has mentioned Phoebe, Mary, and then down in verse number 12, three more women who were laboring much. There, there are women represented right here tonight, others who go to our church, others that you know. I know my mom, she worked hard for years, getting up early in the morning and helping make our lunches for school. Every time that we were going to the store, she didn't look for a coach purse or some other. She was looking for stuff for us before she would ever look for something for herself. She labored even in her shopping. Her priority was to find something for us. I think of just having an office uh, at our former ministry down the hall, and my mom would come to school and work in the library. And she would come in, and when she would work in the library, she would almost always bring me food. And so it became a little bit of a running joke with the people in the office because if my mom showed up and there was a plate of food where somebody smelled food coming down the hall, it's because my mom was there and she was dropping off food when she knew the, she knew the way to her son's heart, right? It was through the, the, the stomach. But, you know, I think of my mom, first of all, of course, being near and dear to me, she was always laboring around the house, in the church, Many of you have moms like that. We have women in this church who are like that, serving faithfully. Just, they get done with one ministry and they're ready, where, where else can I help? Uh, we saw this recently when we had uh, the, the funeral for uh, Lynn Fox going on uh, here in town and then the fantastic Saturday here and our church stepped up, uh, many of whom were ladies in our church who were 
splitting time, cooking and serving and preparing and, I mean, on and on. And we think of the many, many vital roles that ladies have in the church. It may not be in the pastor-teacher, that office. It may not be as a deacon, but many ways that women serve. And there is much controversy about this. We need to be biblical, but we also need to understand the important role that women have in the church. And we see that even in this chapter. We come down to verse number 7. Andronicus and Junia. Andronicus and Junia. Now they are a little bit interesting in the sense that Junia is understood even in the first century as primarily a female or a woman's name. Junia. Now there are some who say maybe it's brother and brother, Andronicus and Junia as brothers, but more than likely this is a married couple. Andronicus and Junia. Emily had a friend for many years. They're, I think, out west now. Uh, Junia's uh, her name. And uh, her dad was a chaplain in the Air Force. And we struck up a friendship. And they would write each other. And occasionally they would come through Indianapolis and we'd see each other. But Junia was her name. That's one of the few that I've ever known uh, or heard. Uh, but it is, it is a Bible name. And Junia, even in the first century, was a, uh, a woman's name uh, quite often. So this is probably a husband and wife. Like Priscilla and Aquila, we see another husband-wife team. It's possible they were brother-sister, but it, it's more than likely they were husband-wife. He refers to them in verse 7 as my kinsmen. Now, kinsmen is in general. I know we think of it as a male term, kinsmen, but it's probably just speaking in general of the fact that they are from either the tribe of Benjamin or they are relatives of the Apostle Paul. There are other Jews in this list here in Romans 16 among these people. There are other Jews that he does not refer to as a kinsman. So kinsman is probably a reference to a tribal relation or possibly a relative. So Paul's family, um, some of them may have gotten saved, just as Saul, who became Paul, as he got saved, apparently. Um, It's very possible that some of his extended family got saved, and they could be among these people here that he has listed. Or it could just be someone else who was of the tribe of Benjamin. But they were... Uh, people, a married couple, that also had been fellow prisoners. Not only were they related to him in either a tribal way or in a family way, but they had also been in prison with him. Now, what does that say about Andronicus in Junia? They were servants, yes. They were sacrificial, yes. But it tells me that they were probably soul winners. They were probably evangelists. They were probably very active. And yes, they may have just been coming alongside Paul in one of his missionary journeys and one of his preaching opportunities and one of his church planning opportunities. And maybe they were just in the dragnet, so to speak, of the Roman officials and those who were persecuting them and taking them off to prison. But Andronicus and Junia were probably involved in sharing the gospel. And willing to take that risk, and again, willing to identify themselves with one who 
was faithfully preaching the gospel. And I don't know where our nation is going to go, but I just heard today that the town, the city of Oxford, England, a LGBT activist group has gone to the, the churches and other institutions in that area and has submitted now, published a report with a score of one to five of how those churches and institutions treat the LGBTQ community. And they have published a report with a scorecard with five, if I remember right, five was the worst and one was the best. And they even in their report, I could have that backwards, but if you, if you were on the worst end of that, they even said in the report that these LGBT spies would go out into these churches and they would go there for several weeks. And initially, even the, the churches that scored the worst, according to the LGBT scorecard, the churches that scored the worst, they would even feel like the church was friendly the church was nice to them. They weren't even complaining about how they were treated when they came in. They would sit there for week after week. But as the preacher dealt with the issues of sexuality and called the sin of homosexuality sin and condemned same-sex unions, then they were scored low on this report. And now this has been published. Now the United Kingdom, I don't know where they're at on amendments and free speech rights. I realize we have the First Amendment. But we had a governor in New Mexico who wanted to suspend the Second Amendment for 30 days. We see where our government is going when it comes to the rule of law. They don't care about the rule of law. Most of the liberals don't care about the rule of law. They say that, but they don't apply it equally. And I don't mean to make this a political speech, but what I'm saying is Andronicus and Junia were willing to go to prison with Paul. They identified with him. We don't know if Andronicus was a preacher. There's no indication that he was. They were just a married couple serving, evangelizing, faithful in the church, and they identified with a preacher of the gospel who was continuing to hold forth the word of truth, the apostles' doctrine, the faith, once delivered to the saints, and it meant they went to prison with him. Now, I'm not making any plans to go to prison, but I want to, as long as the Lord allows me to live on this earth, I want to preach the gospel, and I want to preach the whole counsel of God, and I want to preach the truth, and I want to preach it soundly and boldly and strongly, and I don't want us to compromise. I don't know who's going to go to prison with me, okay? But I, don't ho- I hope it doesn't come to that. I don't, and I don't want it to come to that. But this particular preacher that I was listening to describe what was going on in Oxford, he said, be prepared. If a Finnish politician can be on trial for posting Bible verses on her social media, and Oxford, England can give a scorecard, or an LGBT group in Oxford, England can give a scorecard for how churches take a stand for or against the LGBT community, then we have to be willing to deal with that issue and to deal with it biblically and to continue to call that sin what it is. That sin as well as every other sin that the Bible calls sin, we need to call it sin. 
And I realized that that doesn't put a lot of people in the, in the pews, in the chairs, uh, in some cases. But we have to continue to take a stand for what the Bible says, continue to preach the gospel and stand for what is right. Now, we need to do so with the right disposition. We take the right position, and we need to do it with the right disposition, because those are people who need the gospel. They need compassion, but we can't do that with compromise. And Andronicus and Junia went to prison with Paul, fellow prisoners. And they were admonished, they were admired, they were recognized, they were put down in holy writ, as fellow laborers who were willing to go to prison with him and accompanied him there in the Roman dungeon or whatever the dungeon, the prison that they were in, that they accompanied him. And it says that they were of note among the apostles, verse number 7, who are of note among the apostles. Of note has to do with they were distinguished, they were honored. They were recognized by the apostles. They were recognized as people who were willing to even go to prison for taking a stand for the gospel. They were honored. They were distinguished. And it even says, I believe in that same verse uh, down there, yes, in verse 7, who also were in Christ before me. So I can't help but think, as we come to a close here, Andronicus and Junia, a married couple serving in the church, and here comes Paul. And Paul has been, he hasn't been saved as long as they have. They came to Christ before him. One commentator said that it's very possible, based on what we know about when the epistle of Romans was written, when Paul got saved, and just doing a a good faith estimate, it's possible that Andronicus and Junia had been saved for 25 years before they even went to prison with Paul. He was saved, I don't know how many years, maybe half that, not sure. But they welcomed him in. They helped him in the ministry. Paul recognizes them as having been saved longer than him. But they were faithful servants who sacrificed and went to prison as faithful fellow laborers with the Apostle Paul. What a testimony this couple had. And I think of, again, so many couples through the years who have been, have had an impact on my life, who have had an impact on Kelly and and, and me as we have raised our kids and uh, have uh, tried to serve the Lord faithfully in the ministry. So thankful for married couples. Thankful for the single adults who maybe one day will be a married couple. And right now, you are already serving, you're already preparing, you're already putting yourself in a place and being the kind of person so that God will bring you uh, the right spouse in his time, and then the two of you are already, and that's one of the great things, when you marry someone who's already, who already loves the Lord and is already serving the Lord, then God puts you side by side, step by step, right with them. And then you get the joy of serving the Lord together. Andronicus and Junia, I want to meet them one day in heaven. I want to find out what, what was it like to have the Apostle Paul come through and to serve with him and, and then end up going to prison with them. They're going to have a powerful testimony, uh, no doubt. But these are just a handful of names. We'll continue to work our way through uh, these names, and uh, we'll do so again, uh, Lord willing, next week. And then in two weeks, we'll have a missionary 
uh, from, uh, he's on deputation, he and his wife, and, and they have one child, October 11th. Uh, this is a friend of ours. It's his, his uh, it's their son, um, graduate of Maranatha Baptist University and headed to South Africa on deputation. They'll be with us in a couple of Wednesday nights, but next week we'll pick up uh, with verse number 8. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, thank you for these individuals. Lord, we don't know a lot about them, but Lord, we know every member of the church is important. And each of these names, Lord, represents somebody who had an impact on Paul's life who even in the case of an Andronicus in Junia, it appears that uh, they were even willing to go to prison and be right there alongside Paul in that Roman dungeon, in that uh, prison, having taken a stand for what is right, for the truth. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to continue to be faithful to the word of God. Uh, Lord, help us to be like these individuals who faithfully served you and loved you, Lord. May we do the same. Uh, Lord, we pray that you will guide and direct throughout the remainder of this week uh, with the activity tomorrow and on Saturday as well. And uh, bring us back together again, Lord, on Sunday. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great rest of the week and look forward to seeing you, some of you tomorrow, some of you Saturday, and again on Sunday.